Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Pleasure meeting you virtually, I guess. I really appreciate you doing this with me. But uh, let's start off with your background, a little bit of your story, just so we can, all the audience can get a little feedback on who you are. We'll start there. Okay, so my name is Rashni Hebawasam. Um, I am a life coach, and I really uh, uh, wanted to start my business after, like, I've kind of figured out my own journey. Uh, and what am I here to do in my life? And um, I'm really concentrating on my clients who have uh, mental health issues to really dig deep and find out what's going on, what's going on in their head to actually make their life better and be more happier. And uh, I'm also an entrepreneur, but how did I how did I actually come here to this point? Is a really interesting interesting question because um, I come from a really strict culture, very strict um, culture. And like, I wasn't, um, I came from, my parents were like really strict towards me as well. They wanted nothing but perfection. Oh. from a, And I didn't know what that meant for me, but being perfect, I didn't know what it meant. So, in my head, I was like, I want to be perfect. I want to be perfect, but um, it's not going right. I'm not fitting in. I'm not fitting in with the crowd and um, with society in general. Like I wasn't able to like go to casual like dinner outs. And uh, uh, I sort of built my values uh, with sort of that lifestyle because I wasn't always um, in the society uh, circle. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I wasn't a part of the lush life either, even though I went to the most like expensive and best school in the country. And then what I did was like, I studied really hard. And for some reason, my parents said, if they're giving you the best education, you must learn how to study by yourself because we are not giving you tuition. Mm -hmm. And what I did was like all my friends were getting like extra help, extra tuition. Like I'm, I'm the only person who's like actually going to the teacher and asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I learned to learn by myself and I was this kid. I like 
this was ex- extremely weird. I don't know how I did it, but like, no, not many people actually do this. Is that by the age of three, I kind of mastered my own mother tongue, which was like, which is one of the most hardest languages. And if you master it in a like a speaking, like a verbal conversation, because what I did was I looked at both of my parents, yeah. and I, yeah, I watched them speak, and I connected it with their actions. And by three, I could speak so my mother tongue. What, what, was your mother, what was your mother tongue? Singhalese. Okay. It's completely different letters. Okay. Round the 67 letters. And I was like, how am I knowing this? I didn't know what I was doing exactly. But like, um, I, was, I was using like um, my common sense to figure out things that, it, that are happening around me. So being conscious and aware from a really young age. Yeah. And um, the thing is that like I accidentally went into the advanced Sinhalese class, but English is my like first language. Okay. So it's like two languages now, right? Um, when I was really young and then um, we had to choose between a foreign language. And then I was like, I want to choose French because it looks, it looked easy for me and there was a pattern for me to follow. So I was like, okay, I'm taking French. And like, I was a really, I became an academic somehow. And um, uh, this actually was a really hard journey for me. And even though it was hard, I was that one student who was like doing all the sums in the maths book. And even though I wasn't good at started, wasn't good at uh, math in the beginning, I was doing uh, mechanics even before doing physics. So that's pretty impressive. <laughs> it's really impressive. It's like it's like hard work and dedication because nobody was there in the family to teach me. And um, since it got tough after a particular stage, and like nobody was there, so it was like me challenging myself. Yeah. And. This there were several uh, opportunities that came my way because I was like this was kind of the student. I had an exceptional offer to um, Oxford University uh, to study uh, medicine. So I was like, why don't why don't I give it a try? Because there is an exceptional seat. Sure. Uh, and then I was like, I did the entrance exam. And I chose uh, St. Hilda's College because um, I studied piano for a really long time. Like I was doing examinations as well. And I did it from when I was 11 to 18. And I was doing it as like, um, my mom, I told you my mom wanted me to, me to be perfect in a way. So yeah. I was like, I was trying my best in school and balancing uh, piano as well because she kind of liked the idea of me being a pianist, but I, so I was like, at that stage, I was trying to figure out what I actually like. And I was like, I, I, I noticed that I like playing pieces that I liked instead of classic examination of pieces. What are pieces that you like? What do you mean? Like newer stuff or? Yeah, the newer stuff. Okay. So I realized that uh, when you do examinations, you kind of don't have control over the pieces you're learning because it's fixed. Interesting. Yeah, and um, it was really weird because every summer I would be alone and have all the time to myself. 
and what i did was like i tried to make a song i put beats together i get there because what i'm doing is it's it's incredible because what i'm doing is i'm combining everything i've learned through every subject and try to do something uh, in real life like i know how to play the piano i know how to record it then i put it together uh, in the computer and make a song so i'm trying to do something like this okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah and um i i have a younger brother and sister as well so i took care of them and uh, this is my kind of my journey and i for that oxford seat i i tried really hard the bmat exam and unfortunately um they did not take me in because there were not enough seats how this happens is because i come from sri lanka so the uk first considers uh british people then it's europeans then it's us and we're kind of like last on the list right like yeah even um we come like after india i guess because nobody even knows where sri lanka is and i'm like that tiny little island just yeah right off africa right yeah <laughs> huh. yeah yeah i never thought really about that that you would be pushed to the back like that compared to everyone else especially like at a prestigious university like oxford i mean i don't know a lot about it but i would think uh, on... is like really high huh especially for us especially like if you don't have like um a foreign visa of your kind of like um the first uh, uh the like like immigrants coming from like the first um the first generation of immigrants i guess yeah so it's it's really tough to actually have a life internationally for us um we have also currency depreciation problems nobody notices us tiny island so um i i was given a scholarship to carol davila so i just took up the opportunity and um it's carol davila is one of the best medical universities in romania and okay. it's located in the center uh and this was like allotropic medicine so it's you it it's approximately 6 years i know that uh, in us there's different um uh yearly limit uh like 10 years for example and for australia it's 8 and uk it's 8 for europe it's 6 um because you get the license and everything all together so you're doing internship and everything together yeah in that so that's why it's 6 years so it's like you're not breathing the entire year you're like you're like studying <laughs> hmm. so so was you plan to be a surgeon is that what um i i was i was more interested in cardiology but uh, that was a really long area of study it takes 8 years to specialize in it and then um but i was more like interested in the psychological area because um i can understand people and like i have um i don't know because i was like out of society i really tried to figure out myself and then approach the world so there was a there was a distinction between um every other normal person for some reason they had trouble reading themselves when they were um in so they they were entered society at a really young age that's what i noticed but when i came it's like i already knew myself and then i'm understanding everybody else 
So wait, so go into more detail about that. When you say you can understand people just by the way their body language is, the way they're holding themselves, the way they talk, what do you, what do you, what do you mean? Like, I think it's a collection of those. It's like, you're just looking at body language. You're looking at um, their gestures, their movements, their, how they speak. Uh, um, it's uh, their uh, motive, how they, how they articulate things they have learned. And um, it's, it's, uh, and I started understanding them in depth because I know that like there were, I have met actually different types of people and I kind of compared them as well, but um, that's more ahead of the journey. Yeah. So like at this stage, like I, I can see that they were really smart people, but they couldn't relate. They are not uh, actually attaining or learning from experience as much as they learn from the notes, you know, physical notes. Wait, wait, wait. Like, so you're saying they learn more from being out in a world yeah. compared to their notes. Yeah. Yeah, I agree 100 percent with that. That you know, in it, and you know, in America, like it's like the education system is saying, like, okay, how much can you remember based on what we've taught per said class, in which you know some students. <laughs> But they're not applying it to real life. What I understand is they forget it completely, which right. is they're doing something wrong when they're learning. Right. They're not actually learning, they're memorizing. Yeah, when they memorize, yeah they that's exactly how I was in my college career, that I would just cram and learn every, try to learn or memorize everything the night before, then go take the test and then basically forget it all the next day. And just So, yeah, when I say, if, did I learn anything? Yeah, there's some tidbits I have with me, but becoming an ex said expert into that field. Yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't the way I did it. So on other things that I really cared about, enjoyed as far as learning. Yeah. But not specific subjects. So it depends if I, was, if I was bored with it or not. I was, my mind was out elsewhere, you know, daydreaming somewhere else. So. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah. It's, it's really weird because like um, I was like, I was hoping for this opportunity. My parents were go going to come after me after one year and I had at least one year alone to myself to actually learn how to be independent. And I really wanted that because I'm always with the family and I don't go out much uh, because uh, in Sri Lanka there is cat calling and women are not treated properly when they go walking on the street. It's like, it's a disgrace if people, women walk on the street. And um, I, so that therefore I did not go out that much. And my parents like really was overprotective over me. So when I actually had my first year to myself, like it was like rewarding. It's like, oh my God, I can do what I want. Yeah. And, yeah. And it, it was, it was cool because like I started even tutoring some of the students who needed like extra help. And uh, I, I figured out that uh, in med school, it's like it's, it's a lot of self-study because the, even the teachers are not going according to the syllabus and they're not covering all the syllabus. Like I had an anatomy teacher who would do eight subjects per term. When they are, uh, for a term, we had to study like 35 subjects. Damn. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, I'm like, we have 35 subjects. You're still on number eight. <laughs> oh wow that's wild yeah so it's a lot of self-study so what i realized is like a lot of students just need notes you know yeah. for every subject so what i did was i sold them you sold, sold them. yeah i made notes and they sold them so you had a little side business going on yeah 
Wait, so you would just make the notes and copy them and just whenever somebody yeah. needed them? Just... Yeah, and uh, I used to make the notes and I used to also like go to a person like who's about to graduate and say uh, if they have any notes from their past. Uh, and I would like make their note, make, um, I would combine my notes and their notes. Yeah. Just see like uh, which are the good points and which are easier to like learn. And I will put them all together and then like sell it because that's what they want, right? They want to learn the subjects faster. That's what they want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody wants, you know, a shortcut and how to learn something or do something. And, and if that's the best way to get it, you know, some people want to take a magic pill and be able to lose weight overnight or whatever. And it's not always like that, but yeah, I mean, I get it. Yeah. I mean, I would have yeah. back in the day, I would have been the same guy buying notes from you. So. Yeah, but like it's uh, it it was cool because the first day I was in university, what happened was like I was like a leader, you know. I was like getting all the emails done, and I was like telling I will go forward. I will make sure like uh, all the students in this class actually get the material, everything, all of your notes, and um, so the teachers kept my contact. And what I did was I kept everybody's contact in the classroom, yeah. and I was like a I played. Uh, kind of lead leadership role over there nice. yeah so I because I I kind of learned everything like learned what was going on and was aware of my surroundings I could feel that a lot of kids there were like really scared to go forward so I was like if you're afraid to go forward I will go forward <laughs> yeah if you're not forward you're backwards is what yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well well I want to circle back some though so you know, you said you grew up in Sri Lanka, correct? So, and you came from a strict, from strict parents. Yes. So is that the culture has always been there that the parents have always, you know, had strict upbringings on their children? Yeah, the most traditional ones, like uh, who who haven't like um, evolved from tradition, let's say. Okay. If you, the culture is like the woman has to be the housewife, sort of that kind of like image it was there and the man has to feed the family when I was like questioning my mom all the time it's like how can one person like feed the entire family I was asking like weird questions and she didn't actually like um, answer me you know yeah well she probably never got those questions before and then when yeah. you actually made it a point to ask certain questions she had no idea how to answer them I get yeah. that yeah, and uh, like I, I don't know. My like family was like telling me stuff like on the surface. Like they're not like penetrating. Like every word they say is like it. It doesn't have a deeper meaning. It's like on the surface, and a lot of things are unsaid. So, therefore, I was making sense of the world. You know, right? I used to keep a journal beside yeah. me. <laughs> Because if they're not going to teach me, I have to find out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even being that young of an age, I mean, to learn, all, to actually tell yourself to do that and stuff, I would have never thought about that when I was little, but that's very admirable and bold, I think. And, you know, your brain seems to be just working at a different pace than most people. Yeah. So that's cool. I mean, and yeah, I, I was like collecting information, like, I like, um, because I know I had the house to myself. Um, I had a roommate at one point and she, like I was observing her and like she was she was trying to like um, uh, cook for me and I was like 
saying that you can only make uh, salads for me but but i can i can try to make pastas i can make uh, salmon i can make rice <laughs> <laughs> so like um i taught her how to like cook yeah um but for me like um it was my first time like cooking meat stuff uh, in another country like so i didn't know like uh, how well it was done and i couldn't tell the difference and my roommate will come to me and she would she would help me out in that perspective because she's good with telling when it's done and when it's not right so right. so i kind of like had someone to like teach me how to progress in life you know okay yeah you had a little mentor yeah 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 that makes a way or huge difference in especially in most people's lives just because if you have somebody who went down that road before you that they can tell you the tips and tricks and yeah. little insights. I just need I just need a little like a little help for me to go to the next yeah. step. Yeah. Then you figure it out just from there. Yeah. Yeah. And then I I knew how to cook and like we were like we were cooking like lavish meals in the <laughs> in our apartment because <laughs> like we were eating really well. Uh, because I was like learning stuff. Um, I was trying to balance it, but at like um, uh, there was this uh, there was this one time there when I got to even experience uh, some uh, a relationship of some sort. And before I had I hadn't actually had that you know like kind of experience before, so it was all new. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, my just because and, you never got that opportunity in Sri Lanka, just, never. Yeah, just because of what you said that if women go out or anything, it's cat. Yeah. really. Even to this day, it's still like that. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I wouldn't. You would yeah, think things would hopefully be changed, but I guess not. Yeah. And I like I like my roommate because like she was like trying to push me over and like uh, she was uh, trying that um, like I couldn't I was trying to like balance the social life and my academic life, but I couldn't do that all the time because um, studies were more important. And but I did that like I didn't sleep for three days, just to balance it. Yeah just to try and balance my social life it wasn't working and i needed sleep so i i tried it but <laughs> no <laughs> yeah i tried it yeah. me and my roommate like she's a good person like and she is level headed so she has she has like so many relationships that i was observing her during that moment of time yeah. but she she has a level she she's level headed she knows how to balance it so i also i also wanted to try that kind of lifestyle but for me nobody's fitting nobody's uh, nobody's okay right for me <laughs> yeah and yeah and uh, yeah and once like one i think it was my like second year yeah, in med school i actually met someone who was from my own country okay. and they and we kind of have a lot of similarities but not from the same school it was from a different local school so I just wanted to give it a shot because uh, that person showed interest yeah so yeah so let's see like uh, you need to be vulnerable sometimes right <laughs> yeah you gotta take chances in that leap of faith in life and 
because you know you can either look back at your life 50 years from now and you know you'll have those regrets or you can either say that i wish i would have took that you know that deal or did that you know i don't know did x said thing but some you know you don't want regrets I, I realized like I learned a lot when I like take the chances. I can learn if I don't, if I don't take the chances, I, it's like, I don't know what would have happened and what, what is the outcome of that situation? I wouldn't know. Yeah. I mean, you got to take chances in life. I mean, that's, you know, most of the people who, that I follow that who are really successful, whatever your term of your definition of successful yes. is this, but yeah, they've taken a chance on something and, you know, more times than not, it probably failed. But if you don't take a chance, and how do you know, like you just said, that how do you know that where your life is going to take you then? And, you know, I feel like a lot of people are afraid of being successful, almost. So a lot of people are afraid of change, I guess they say. So they do said thing and it works out. Then like, oh, shit, what do I do now? You know? Yeah. yeah kind of, a, you know, but then it works out, you know? I mean, did it, did it work out in your in your story? No, it didn't. But um, like, um, I don't know, this was like, kind of like uh, we were friends before mm-hmm. and then he was like he wanted to give it a try and like uh, the way he'd like text was like he wanted like straight up marriage oh <laughs> yeah and like after like um three months like we realized that um he had like if you, i i don't know if you know about i actually tried to learn about relationships because like i didn't know anything about relationships so yeah. Was trying to learn and he had these three aspects like commitment intimacy and uh, passion but for me I did not have the passion uh, I had the intimacy and commitment gotcha and if that didn't happen I did not realize <laughs> yeah so you think those are three key components in all relationships yes huh. is that yeah. what you learned by yeah. Yes. Or just something that you just kind of. I It's like what I experienced is like I did not have the passion was not enough. And he said and that he said that like since he came from a family of lower status and he did not have parents. So it's like hard for me to like evaluate him. I need long, a longer period of time. And especially if he says like straight up marriage, you know. Yeah. We are measuring everybody's performances by how they treat their family, how they treat their own. So if his, both of his family members are dead, like parents are dead, it's hard for me to, you know. Yeah, I mean, I understand that, but you don't always, that's, that's not always the case, though, just measure your parents' yes. your values, right, though? Just because, I mean, you know, there's good stories where people have came from complete shit homes where, you know, their parents have beat them and they didn't, have no morals or values and but they came they were the underdog in the stories but they came out on top of something you know they yeah. overcome the odds i mean so when I, mean, I was like i was beaten up as a kid for the most weirdest reasons but uh, i kind of forgive everybody throughout my years did you just learn to forgive yeah i learned to forgive it was that's something really that's really tough for people just because um uh, because you know, like I mean, I realized because like a lot of um, if I if I seek for vengeance, it's like I'm going into the same cycle they did. Yeah. Am I? Yeah. So that's yeah. my question. <laughs> that's how I question myself. It's like, am I going through the same cycle if I seek for vengeance? 
and it was kind of like the stupid reasons because like uh, when you when your parents want to take the responsibility uh, for to drop you and pick you up for school like i would i would be beaten up just because i wanted to go early you know yeah that just blew my mind just like cuz you <laughs> wanted to go to school and learn early you were disciplined for it yeah and i was i was beaten up because uh, my dad did not want to wake up early damn and it's like it's like i taught i taught them and that's why they kind of like treat my siblings better so you still so, have a decent relationship with your family now yeah i mean i live with them so oh okay yeah, it's like we are learning from each other even though like a conversation seems aggressive on the outside we are le- learning from each other and i'm i'm trying to find better ways to like communicate with them and it's kind of like um i'm used to it but like i don't think everybody from the outside i used to it so are you back in sri lanka now living no i'm in i'm living in france okay that's right i'm sorry and then yeah. so your parents moved over there with you yeah so okay. it's like um so when i was like i told you when in romania like i was uh staying a year alone and then they came afterwards and they came with french visa okay okay it's because um my dad uh like uh, was a distributor for a spanish company but that's uh, but we did not have an embassy for spain in sri lanka so the closest country they could give a visa for was france gotcha <laughs> yeah so this is a complicated process <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know anything all about that but yeah that sounds pretty complicated yeah it's like if if uh if the company you're working as a distributor for uh like yeah doesn't have an embassy in the country of your residing in you have to come close to at least france we have a french embassy and a german embassy but i don't know why not spain just because spain doesn't want an embassy over there you think or i dare <laughs> either Hmm. Yeah. And um yeah so coincidentally they came with a french visa and um it was like a long period french visa and uh, um they they found it like really hard to reside in Romania with a french visa because Romanians just make problems of the teeny tiniest thing. Yeah. Uh, especially the immigration so my parents like um like uh, after like the end of like the second year or end of my second year in uh, med school they decided to go and try uh, france because we've been always wanting ever uh, ever since like i was young me and my family kind of wanted to live in france so it's kind of like it's it's a coincidence that we are coming back to that destination that we wanted to well, why did you always want to, why did you always want to live in france it's like the southern part of france is like the cote d'azur area it's like um, because you have the uh, you have the yachts you have the I, I, it's the like um, it's a lifestyle okay i've, I've, I've never been like, yeah it's 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 like something we always like to do and like it's it was happening it actually happening and uh, my dad said uh, he's going to take the first step 
it's going to be like, I'm, re- I'm going to try to put my business there. And we, are, uh, we can work it out. It's like, no, it's, it's really hard for a family to come from a MIC to a HIC. So why don't we do it? Like MIC is medium income country. Oh, okay. I, okay. I, I didn't know what that was. I was going to ask. Huh. HIC is high income. Yeah. Was this before the pandemic or when I? Just before. Ah, so did that change it, a lot of things? Yeah. And uh, this was in 2018. So I had to like, um, I, I also have to mention that I was facing anxiety and depression at that time. That well, specific. Before, um, what do you mean before the pandemic you were? Yeah, it's like 2017 because of these relationships and uh, trying to manage everything by myself and the pressure that is coming from my family and to maintain that level of perfection and uh, relationships and um, my relations and relatives and every, the news is going back and forth that Russian is doing great. Russian is, they're going to be a surgeon. Like they over-exaggerate stuff, you know, when they see just one picture. Well, how do you, how do you handle, or how did you handle your anxiety and depression? I mean, was there anything you were doing? Or I mean, you seem yeah. like to really know yourself, and you seem, you know, like you don't. You talked about you're being an academic, and you know how to learn. And yeah, it's like I knew, like I knew that uh, my my mental struggles were started from like when I was young because I was being bullied a lot, and like I never really fit in. And my also have like the pressure coming on from my family. You have to do the best, otherwise you're not going to be accepted by us. It's like if I'm not accepted by society and my family, what am I going to do in this life? And it's like pouring out like where like I really wanted to know like what was my destiny, and I uh, like I made a decision. I was like it's going to be a really tough decision. Um, it's for me to change the field. And this came into mind because um, I realized that uh, my I'm not coming from a very rich family and we have currency depreciation issues. And uh, this is a long period of study. So whenever the six years is over, I have three years residency and then specialization. And it depends on which subject I choose. And for that, educational reasons I would have to spend more money the rent as well is going and we are living in two different places so the all that pressure is like coming on me yeah yeah and uh, uh like I I it and it was amazing because I say life is amazing because I was at that moment like I was preparing for anatomy and um in my notes it used to say the different parts of the brain that um, handle anxiety and depression. It's a coincidence, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was studying, it was in my fingertips. So like while I was studying it, what I do is I try to apply it. While I'm studying it, I'm trying to apply it. Like, so when you have anxiety, you have like a destabilized amygdala. So I try to stabilize it by meditating, breathing, <laughs> you know. Like breath work? Yeah. That seems to work wonders on a lot of people that I follow. Yeah. And I've, I've done a couple of different little exercises and I feel completely different after doing, you know, deep breaths in and long exhales. Yeah. yeah. Then when you have depression, it's like you only can uh, recall negative memories. So I, what, I, what I did was like, I tried to 
think of positive things that have happened in those negative memories and then recall all my positive memories. That's what I did. And I was learning that. So what I did was I did the opposite of what it just said. In depression, you have this and this and this. So I did the opposite. (laughs) That makes sense. I mean, did you not also look towards, you know, like, you know, in America, it seems if you say you're upset or sad or anything, all of a sudden you're prescribed antidepressants. I mean, is that, was that not a route that you wanted to go? No, the thing is like, I was, uh, I wanted to go to therapy, but I knew that like, yeah, I'm, I'm in the allotropic medicine. So they are going to give straight, straight away drugs. Yeah. I'm not like prepared to take drugs and I don't like drink that much. Um, but um, like I drink alcohol when there's a specific occasion, but I don't, I control, I control myself. Like I don't smoke. And when I, the first time I went to uni is like, there are cigarette butts everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> and it's like hard to make friends because they smoke on your face as well. So. Oh gosh. <laughs> that is the, nobody cares right there about how much they're smoking. They just still it's- do it. Yeah, so, um, yeah, and um, like even when it comes, like, um, I realized that uh, your coffee is like actually more stronger than the coffee in Sri Lanka. So I realized that um, I'm getting really addicted to cafe. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, because I was like, I had several like, um uh episodes that took place because uh when i once i woke up at 5 a.m and i just woke up and stood out of the bed for an exam and then after that i collapsed and it was like i was shot on the spine i couldn't uh yeah i couldn't move my legs and this was due to like anxiety and um uh, I was like crawling on the floor crying because I could see blobs or black blobs surrounding me. <laughs> black blobs that are appearing and right. like going. My, um, my vision wasn't very clear. So what I did was I crawled all the way to the bathroom and was kind of using the handle to climb and uh, stand up. And then there was a wall adjacent to me. So I would like, use that to support my back so I could try to stand up on my feet (laughs) good gosh yeah so there were like certain scenarios and that's why I had to make this uh, change uh it was it was really weird because that day I tried so hard to get my legs working and I realized that okay I didn't puke something is wrong something is wrong in my system it's like um, because I learned that if you if you have balancing problems, that means um, uh, you have to balance I, uh, for your body to reach homeostasis. It's normal for you to lose balance and to puke, but not to only lose balance and not puke for some reason. So what I did was, why don't I start try to puke? Then? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, it's like, me figuring out what I should do next. And so I tried to puke, I did that. And then um, it was still, but I, I, I don't know, like I felt uh, I, after that, like I tried to brush my teeth again, still trying to regain balance. And what I did was like, I was like forcing my legs to work. I think after that, like I was forcing my legs to work after the words. I could 
balance, but I yeah. needed to force my legs to work, you know? Like take one step, you it's like I'm forcing my left leg to yeah, like learning to walk again. Yeah. Yeah. And um uh, I brushed my teeth, like um I got dressed. I had no time to take a shower because I don't know how to work my legs. And yeah, I got late that day for the exam, but it was it was a coincidence I got a nine out of ten. It's I didn't know I thought I was incapable of doing it doing that good at that moment especially when I was and it was it was so weird for me because I actually challenged myself to walk to uni like to walk was that your darkest moment right there yeah like the hardest point like you knew you rock bottom and yeah and and there were like uh, there were other you know really cool scenarios that took place like it is really cool, but dangerous at the same time. Uh, I'm saying this because, um, you know, those people, I was the, one of those people as a kid, like I really liked helping people. That's why my mom said, like the medical career will be good for me because I had this passion of like helping people. And as a young age, like I would, I would be down for helping people for hours. Nice. So, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, so I don't know. Like, I had a, uh, I had an accident back in Romania, and it was it was like an eye opening moment. Um, and I was in the front seat of the taxi, um, and the glass shed, and it came to my face, and I got so many cuts um, on the forehead. And um, I got out of the car. It's like. Uh, like I can't feel anything but everybody's looking at me like <laughs> because I'm bleeding like hell yeah there's so much blood just yeah. because it's so thin right there right yeah so, uh. and then um, uh, a random uh, woman in the street uh, showed me to the closest pharmacy and what they did was they put uh, uh, they tried to clean my wounds and uh, they said everything looks superficial uh, it better go to a doctor I, it's kind of crazy because I can walk the thing is like I could walk is that they, they just had to put a bandage and then I went to the uni's hospital and I got my whole entire body scanned and uh, did the entire procedures and they said that um, for some reason, all your scars are superficial and nothing has happened inside your body. So, for what? some reason, yeah. That's great. Well, I mean, so you you were just riding in the taxi and... Yeah, and but... got hit by another car? Yeah, on my way to uni. Oh, gosh. It's <laughs> like, and then my my mom got a heart attack at that moment and she's like, what, what is happening to you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh no. Yeah. And then I was like a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> Man, yeah, it's like literally Murphy's Laws, just whatever can go wrong is going wrong. Yeah. So that's why I kind of like decided, okay, maybe I'm in the wrong path. I just need to change. And I changed to entrepreneurship because, like, as I told you, like, um, I just wanted to earn, yeah. you know. Sure. Earn and make a living, and that was my priority. Um, I knew that the education in the medical system is going to be so long, and 
first my parents need to be like super rich to afford that if my dad is always spending and trying to make his business yeah it's it's not going to work yeah it'd be really tough odds to make something like that work it sounds like but so that's why you went you're doing a life coaching thing now yeah and uh, yeah it took some while because to actually for me to say that it was life coaching but at 2018 the end like uh, in july like i came to um i came for good in france and i actually came before um just check on my parents because i had a week holiday so i just came to check out but like i came to stay permanently in france from 2018 july and uh, my dad he has this i don't know he has this kind of overly obsession to put me in the best university it's like the best and the most expensive i was like that you can learn the same thing in the chief in the chief university as well but like no for his prestige you know he just yeah well perfection like you were saying you know that yeah. best of the best yeah so he puts me there i and because i think he also knows i'm really capable mhm that's why he he puts me to the best universities and he's not scared to spend his money do you think that because you came from a strict upbringing and that you actually learned to you know learn i guess and learn about yourself and you wanted to do you think that's what helped you start to succeed and yes life is that even though it was tough at certain points that you know you wanted to overcome and over the mountain and become better yes, I, I, I didn't have anybody to help me and it was like that was that was so sad like it was so sad for me because i wish i could have done this with somebody someone yeah like people like the most people do yeah yeah i mean everyone you know we're tribal people i think or humans and somebody you know you want somebody to go along the path with you but you know what is it that if you want to go far go alone but if you want to go farther go with together or something like that so yeah. i think you will go far when you are alone yeah and it's you have to handle yourself alone like i i really like hiking so i tried to like hike in uh, france as well and i visited so many spellbinding places and i was taking photography from my phone and kind of editing it and i came to you know when i came to university everybody was wondering what's a what's a med student doing in a business really <laughs> like yeah and um, it was crazy like um i i came to the university saying i know nothing about business but it was it was uh, so weird that um, i was able to actually enter the honors track by accident i was on in the honors track and i think i came there by accident or something like this but uh, uh, my friends would tell me you're smart yeah <laughs> and i would say like i won't uh, i won't consider myself smart because i have a lot to learn and this the journey doesn't end here and keep learning I mean, you know, when people, if you're smart and a lot of people will say that you're smart just because you can take a test and you do well on yeah. exams, but that's not always the case that, you know, I think there's a huge difference of being common sense smart and book smart and yeah, you're also be, street smart. Yeah, you have yeah. to be street smart as well, yeah. yeah. And that's, um, that's how it goes. And uh, even the most strict teacher, he, 
he was like a Filipino teacher and he was teaching us stats at the time and he said that oh Rashni and he calls he calls us by a last name I don't know why it's like Heva Wasam so Heva Wasam she made it to the honors track and then uh, uh, but I didn't have enough money to pay for the honors track it's like you're doing uh um, you're doing these um, three, so the undergraduate study and the graduate study together, you know? Yeah. It's like you're not doing in the separate years. Like, I did not have, um, my parents were couldn't afford that amount, but I was there. What mattered was, like, I was selected to go. You can go <laughs> to the honest track. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, like because of like my performance in classes, like everybody in the entire uni know, knew me from the dean to the program director to the librarian to the, all the teachers. They would recommend me, and um, uh, like it was, it was like that. Uni became like my kind of like family because everybody I knew who everyone was, and they were recommending me students. Um, who found it difficult to pass exams uh, and kind of they were kind of lost I would say because I, I, while I was like reading most of the students in business school and reading most of the people in um, med school is like they're too they're like this people in med school are like this and yeah. then the school like wow. yeah. I understand. so there's a so there's a like difference. Um, I realized that they are so slow, the business people, and like we're a bit fast. Um, so, uh, and everybody was like feeling so down. They were feeling like they are incapable of anything. And I would like tell them that they need to put more goals and decide what they actually wanted in life. And I was like coaching them at the same time. And that's how this life coaching just happened. What do you and, think that, do you think that people are, are down or mental health issues have amplified just because of social media and the world? Yeah, they, yeah they only concentrate on social media. They only concentrate on the fun. It's like there, there is no meaning in their lives. Right. They're missing and what I'm I was what I was doing to them is like I'm showing them meaning I'm teaching them how to pass like the exams in the uni I'm teaching them how to have goals how to how to improve themselves uh, where they want from where they want to be um, within 10 years time and I would um, actually encourage them to have that idea at least was it tough for people to find those ideas or tough to, to, to make goals, do you think? Like they just have no direction whatsoever yeah. that they want to go in? Exactly. So um, what I would do is like, uh, I know what they were missing when they told me what they wanted. So I made their life a bit better, I guess. And while I was doing this, I was like coaching and tutoring at the same time. So I'm earning as well. So from this, I decided like uh, I want to help people through life coaching. And this by by 2020, I already had this idea like I want to be a life coach. Gotcha. Well, is that the 
in a pandemic? Yes. Like, how did that help? Or did it help or not help you trying to be a life coach? Or did it actually amplify it just because it's, more people... Yeah, more people sought out life coaches just because losing jobs or they didn't know what they wanted to do with their life. And like everyone's life just came to a complete halt in 2020. And people started evaluating things, in my opinion, in their lives. And my dad took me out of uni because he was like scared that we would run out of uh, money in a new country. Um. So I was like, okay with the idea because I was, I knew what to do with my life at that point. And I knew I had gained like the information of how to make my like own business. So I don't have to keep on spending on unnecessary things. It's like, we are all the time we are, um, we are overspending for some things that we don't know because we are incapable of learning that specific subject, I think. I agree. Yeah. So, um, um, a lot of the time, like I thought to myself, the pandemic kind of gave, um, like showed me a path and I was going right in it, right? Like just heading and passing through it. Hmm. A new path and it was a life coaching path um, just to help people overcome burnout, you know, depression, anxiety what what they're going to go what what they can do next in their life i mean the learners are going to survive this new era that's about to come if you are if you're a learner you can survive anything i agree you know i think humans are very very adaptable and depending on what life throws at them and especially you know i guess i said earlier the pandemic made life come to a complete halt halt in my opinion and people had to learn new ways of doing things, you know, working from home or doing education, you know, with Zoom classes. And I don't know, some, I don't know how well that's working in most cases as far as education system and people working from home. But I actually worked from home for a while and I enjoyed it. And, you know, and I, but I, I've always been a very disciplined person. I, you know, I kind of like to improve myself in various ways. And I'm, I always feel like if I'm not... Like I said earlier, if I'm not moving forward, I'm going backwards and it makes me a little, little anxiety in myself. And so, and I find, try to always find various ways to improve myself and not all of them are the best ways, but that's how I learned from my mistakes that if you make a mistake, okay, well, we won't do it that way again, but we can move, do something different and keep improving, hopefully. Yes. Um, even that has happened in my life. I have also undergone some sort of awakening, spiritual awakening during this uh, during the pandemic in 2020 like i saw some things i couldn't explain and it was kind wait, of wait, like, wait. you mean like you saw like a spirit or what do you, you i know you just said you can't really explain it but you saw i you just had like it, something that's yeah, it, yeah it's it's weird if i explain it it's like i won't think it's weird i just i think it's interesting just okay. um so i i saw a goddess of a religion that existed millions and millions of years ago. And I am not uh, like, I am a Buddhist. Like I am not from that um, sort of like, it's, it's of African descendant. Okay. So it's like, yeah, it's like, um, it was showing me kind of how things were from the beginning of time, which was really creepy. And at the same time, I'm having a conversation in my bedroom. 
Yeah. So it was. Wait, wait, so exp explain this to me. So were you at a certain low point in your life, and when you saw this, or did it just appear randomly, or? No, it uh, like I don't know. I, I guess I was at a low point because I kind of um, I also met another person that probably I could have a future with. Okay. And um, things did not go well um, because I needed time to see how do I fit in in this big picture with that person. And that person did not take it that way because everybody is just um, understanding things on a surface, on the surface and not deep. So he thought that I just rejected him for good. Gotcha. You know? So it's kind of like misunderstandings and rumors like just popping out from different areas without a proper explanation. And then we just die off communication because we are trying to figure out our lives as well. Sure. And it was kind of weird because in that in that like dream, it was like telling me, it was like showing me that this person still has feelings for you. And and that's why he's kind of acting weird in the first place. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was related to life in my life, yeah, because I kind of saw him in the mirror, which was kind of weird. Yeah. Really yeah <laughs> and yeah and it was like imagine seeing a goddess um of some sort that of religion that um actually existed millions and millions of years ago of african descended and then saying why am i seeing this and um it's like uh, i was questioning that it was like a really beautiful woman like uh sitting in my bed where I, where I put my head on my pillow and she was like touching my hair saying everything is going like uh, the hand was going on my head and like down to my um, uh, uh, down my shoulder it's yeah. and and forth and I was really scared because it's like <laughs> nothing like this has happened to me before and she was like saying everything is going to be all right and um, I said how am I African? I just asked that stupid question. Yeah. And it was like, you were, you were not in this life. You were. So, it's, uh, so in a past life? Yeah. Huh. It's really like reincarnation almost? Yeah. And uh, it was like, it was really weird because I saw a lot of universal symbols and spiritual symbols and I can't really make sense of it, but it looks like I unlocked something some from somewhere. So before this experience, did, would you a believer in ghosts and no spirits and stuff like no. that? Yeah, I mean, no. did it change? I mean, do you believe in them now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, and it was like a special experience to for me. We used to go on the right path. You're on the right path. And like, I, I don't know, like she, sh like she showed me so many things like that guy Stereo likes you. And uh, this is your blueprint for the future. It's like, it's making me more aware of everything that was happening. Uh, when did this happen? How many years ago? Was it recent? Yeah, it's, it was in 2020, end of 2020. Okay. 
And I've never experienced anything like that, but I've, you know, talked to a few people who have, and like I said, I'm not a believer in ghosts or spirits or anything really. And just that when that does happen and, you know, a true experience, like you just explained, it's like, maybe there is something out there and maybe just that has never happened to me yet. And Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was kind of weird because like, you know, when a superior being knows exactly what's going on, but you don't know because you're just one individual and you're just in the house Yeah. and you don't know actually what's going on. But a lot of people were stalking me at that time. So because they were looking for answers for the pandemic uh, and they knew I was a med- medical student yeah and previously and they knew that I changed so they were waiting till I say something about the pandemic all all years on me and all eyes on my social media accounts I didn't know that and it's like she told me that that was happening <laughs> and it's, wow. it's kind of yeah, it's like, so I was like, aware. Oh, yeah, okay, people are looking for answers. And she told share everything that you find on your social media. It's like, um, I don't know, like, if show it, tell them the, what's exactly, explain to them. And that's why I uh, kind of made my uh, podcast about you the vaccination. You you're yeah. getting your word out that way and sharing yeah. your answers. Yeah, my answers, the vaccination procedure, why... Is it so different compared this year that compared to different um, uh, the years that happened previously? You know, when you release a vaccine, it's drug classified, and when you release those substances, it actually takes ten to fifteen years minimum to release a vaccine, and it depends on how the substance is entered, distributed, and excreted in the body. And yeah. you direct that, and the um, efficacies of the drug itself. You can determine, and that is long-term and short-term effects. And if you like, this is what we learned in med school. So, um, but it was like a question to me at that moment is like, why didn't they take the same procedure? What makes COVID-19 so special for you to release a vaccine that soon? And which has no guarantee in safety. Correct. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one misinformation people are seeing is that even though you are vaccinated you can still carry the virus and you can still have symptoms even though they may be less you know that's that's uh, that's even not the point because like when you consider like the way you test drugs it's like you have the pre-clinical testing which takes one to two years and then you have the clinical trials so you have clinical trials first you test, test a small group of healthy volunteers which are normally like uh, a small group of 100 uh, healthy volunteers. And then we have uh, phase two um, of the clinical trials, which is you test a really small group of patients which are, who are volunteers. So it's like um, thousand minimum uh, patients. And then the, this also takes three to four years. And then you test it um, you have phase three of the clinical trials. So you have to test it uh, with uh, a group of patients from 3,000, let's say 3,000 patients. And this is all tested against a control. And then we have like two files to fill with like a dozen, um, so many pages, like millions of pages. It's like we have the IND application investigating the new drug and we have the new drug application. So that also takes time to fill 
Um, and then we have the post-marketing studies. And all of this at least take 10 years minimum. So are you saying you're not a fan of the vaccine right now? Uh, yeah, because this is the vaccination procedure and why didn't it, why didn't COVID-19 vaccine go to the same procedure? It's like for medicine, you can't change the rules. So why is that? Uh, why is it out there? Well, I mean, you can't, you... yeah, you can't change the rules for medicine. You can change the rules for business, but not medicine. I mean, I like that. I mean, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. But I mean, do you think it's just because that, you know, in today's society, especially in America, that people have so many core comor comorbidities such as you know obesity, heart disease. You know, they just we eat processed food and. We just live unhealthy lifestyles. So as a matter of fact, that if we can get something, or when I say we, if they can get a vaccine out there as quick as they can just to help lessen some of the symptoms. I mean, they got to do what they got to do. Yeah, but uh, for you to have obesity, you had to first uh, learn about how did you get there. You had to learn about, uh, learn about the foods you eat. You must learn about uh, the components in the foods, uh, every, your everyday food, change your diet. And that's how it works. Um, that's how you educate yourself to become less obese, right? You don't have to depend on the drug sector. Uh, I agree with you there, but a lot of people don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> institutions. Um, like uh, even hormone, hormone therapy actually works with obesity, but you have to take all only the bioidenticals, um, not the uh, pharmaceutical things because there are like hormones that are made out like horse urine and they are very ineffective to the body and that's a whole different face in the pharma industries like you can see a lot of people are doing stuff for more money and um, the thing is that all the doctors who are working there are too afraid to speak up because they would lose their jobs and um uh, I also I also wanted to tell you about um, uh, atherosclerosis. You know, when you get heart attacks, uh, when you get uh, organ failures, and your uh, arteries kind of uh, plugged with a uh, plaque. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So this is actually a normal process that happens in the body, and this is how the body protects itself from dental bacteria. And I did not know that. And um, they promote it saying it's it's something bad that happens. No, it's it's a reflex system of our own bodies. Interesting. I didn't realize that. It's how our body even uh, uh, our body protects itself from dental bacteria. And I learned this because I I read uh, so many books from doctors as well. So. How do you stay current with all the medical procedures? I mean, are you always reading medical books? I mean, I know yes. you have podcasts and. Yeah. So like even I can tell you for, um, for most of the vaccines, they have this DNA or mRNA uh, from the virus itself and it's injected into the body. What happens is that uh, when you inject it to the body, these kind of DNA uh, mRNA from the virus kind of goes into like a particular cell in the body 
goes into the nucleus and it then it codes for the spike protein, which has detrimental effects on your body. So, I mean, just this fragment of um, the virus can cause immense harm to your body. And therefore, a lot of research is actually omitted and it was actually released. That's a problem. That's a problem for the medical care medical uh, sector and um, even when you have um, you ac2 receptors are uh, actually can be found in your uh, oral cavity nasal mucus new nasal mucosa nasopharynx lung stomach uh, small intestines colon skin lymph nodes thymus bone marrow spleen liver kidney etc etc so you have even sex organs you have this thing called ac2 receptors and this is the receptor that the spike protein binds to so if you if there um the spike protein binds to uh, this ac2 receptor um there could be a, it could lead to a damaging effect on the organ itself like it will shut down the whole organ. Yeah. Oh. It, yeah. So it, it can impair one of its functions, you know? Yeah. And um, you also have to know that uh, spike proteins also um, can activate calcium channels in within muscles. So when we when we talking about calcium channels, there can be involuntary contractions. There can be um there can also be a cytokine storm, which kind of, when there's a cytokine storm in irregular time periods, um, this uh, unbalances the kind of homeostasis condition in the body itself. So actually making you reluctant to be even more weaker than you already are. So for me, it's like, getting the virus and then developing immunity is much more safer than taking a vaccine. I am unvaccinated and untested. Yeah. I mean, I agree, you know, so we have a couple of celebrities here in America that recently got COVID and, you know, and it's been proven that if you have the antibodies are just as strong, it's not stronger than the vaccine, but they also, you know, through the kitchen sink at COVID, you know, they did, Monoclonal antibodies. They did ivermectin and just to heal from it. And, and I don't know if you know who Aaron Rodgers is, but he's a famous NFL quarterback here. And he was actually allergic to part of the vaccine. That's why he never got it. But yeah. he, he was able to beat COVID really quickly just by using monoclonal antibodies and ivermectin. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people say ivermectin works, but I I would say that I have not gathered enough research for to know about ivermectin. Yeah. Um, but uh, I could tell you like how the body works because that's what we studied all the time in med school. And we also know a list of drugs, but like I don't, um, I never actually memorized all the list of drugs because I was uh, only concerned of uh, a few and what are their effects on the body. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I guess my point was is that it seems like instead of taking a vaccine, if you do use those two type of procedures to treat COVID, you're automatically seen as a bad person, even especially with the ivermectin for whatever reason. And then yeah. also there was an article over here that 200 members of Congress were actually treated with ivermectin, but it was just like pushed on the very back of the news where, you know, it's almost yeah. 
you use ivermectin that you're a bad person, which I know it's confused with horse dewormer, but these were actually prescribed by actual medical doctors in you know, certain cases. Yeah, because a lot of the time, you know, when even med- medical students, they forget. I told you that they forget what they study and it's like a waste of money yeah. if they're applying it to in real life as well. And I've also noticed that they lose autonomy while they, they are studying and they carry it when it when they become doctors as well. So most of the most of the doctors that are out there lose autonomy. They're scared to actually lose their job. They're scared to actually go their own way after that. You know, hope speaking of that, hopefully I can find it real quick, but there's an article. I'm not going to spend too many minutes on it looking for it, but it was actually posted by uh crap hopefully i can find it please find it okay here it is uh rob wolf and he's a famous uh best-selling author um he's big on uh, food and he does a bunch of research like as a biochemist but anyway the article the headline of it is that the fda asked federal judge to grant it until the year 2076 to fully release pfizer's COVID 19 vaccine data so, you know, what is that, 50-some years, 55 years just to release all that data? Now, I don't know yeah. if it's been approved or not, but, yeah. That is, that is, that, that is fishy. If somebody says that, yeah, the whole situation becomes fishy because you are supposed to give all the data for Pfizer while you're releasing and, um, like, a vaccine that, is not proper, uh, properly regulated. The procedures, are, are, they haven't gone through the procedures. So while you're giving them, you should actually educate your, the citizens with all the data that's coming out. And how fast, um, how fast are they actually recording everything? How do they know that they died from the vaccine? Does, does the ho- people in the hospital actually record all this stuff? I don't think so, I don't, they just, they just give the they just give the vaccine and then they don't even ask you to call back if uh, uh, you know symptoms. Uh, you, yeah, well, you... I mean, in the beginning of all this, there was a bunch of reports out that you know if you came into the hospital with COVID, but or, all right, you came into the hospital with I don't know, say you lost your arm and you're bleeding out and you die, but they would actually say that you died from COVID just to get additional monies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's still going on, but I know that actually was. Yes, I know. Like, uh, like, um, I know some people that who died of uh, cancer or heart attacks, and it will still be ruled out as exactly, exactly. So the stats aren't accurate as well. (sighs) It's like, it's like, it's like you have to understand everything what's really going before you make a choice. Man. Well, where do you see ourselves in 50 years from now? COVID's still going to be around? No. You don't think so? No. What do you think that? I think this is just a political situation that has been created just to, um, and the business people are actually earning more, even more than the doctors. Like the guy, I think uh, one of the, Owners of a pharma company, he bought a house in Mayfair right after. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't doubt it a bit. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, in the news in America, everything is 
when I say everything, all news is sponsored by Pfizer. You know, ABC News is sponsored or brought to you by Pfizer today. Then all the other companies just went down the line with it. So, yeah. Um, and my dad was like, uh, you know, since you understand how drugs work on the human body, you know, you have a chance now because you've studied medicine and uh, business. You can probably come up with a cure. And I was like, my cure will be holistic, more of a holistic approach. Because uh, the thing is that every time when everybody brings a drug into the story, there's going to be like side effects for sure. Yeah. And you had you can't just just take any drug out there. It's like you have to weigh the risk and benefits, and it's different for everybody else's body and what they have they are going through as a family. Is the disease hereditary? Uh, all these all these questions. Like I was an intern, so I had to ask the patients so many questions before I can prescribe a drug to them, and. If I didn't uh, properly weigh the risk and benefits, it's like the death is on me, you know? Well, yeah, 100%. Just because, you know, if whatever your drug works for person A might not work the same way for person B just because of their microbiome or whatever is completely different. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I get it. But, I, yeah, and I think a lot of people – I mean, that's great that you would actually list out all the different positive and negative effects of it But because a lot of people are usually just, I don't care, just give me the drug. So – the quick fix. Um, yeah, in April, um, I wrote a list of the people who are most likely affected by the vaccine and to not take it. It's like the people with the weakest immune system. So it will affect like pregnant women, um, people who live with catheters, um, even some of the elderly people as well. It will uh, affect them as well. People who live with uh, thrombocytes and um, kind of... Um, have a heart, um, have irregular heart uh, irregular heart rhythms. Those are the people who are going to be affected, be of diabetic patients. And I wrote like a huge list of the people who shouldn't take it. And um, it, 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 it's also because I cared, first of all, and uh, I just said that like many people um, facing some sort of autoimmune disease, I'm guessing. So that is also something that you should actually question the doctor about before you receive the jab. I agree with you. Yeah, a lot of people don't ask those questions. They just get it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, in the beginning, I think it was just because everyone was scared, is and was scared of the va of COVID. So they were told, yeah, if you get the vaccine, you'll be safe. But you know, a lot more information seems to come out now and that, you know, you got to give people the, the freedom of their own choice if they want to take it or not. Here's your information. Ultimately, it's up to you if you're going to take it or not. So, yeah, it's it's kind of weird because like as soon as like I was going with it, um, I did not believe that the COVID-19 disease was fake. I Because everybody was telling that the hospitals are getting filled up and it was no joke to me. Right. And um when the vaccines came out is when I started doubting this whole scheme. Like I, it's a political scheme because the thing is that I told you, I have reasons to, I'm a medical student. What I've learned yeah. is pretty different. So I have, I have a motive to question everything that's happening. And um, 
I was so sure they will mandate the vaccines and they did. And as soon as they did, it took like six months or so, I guess. And as soon as they mandate the vaccines, the thing is that more doctors actually wanted to go on strike and actually actually speak about it. So it was like a win for me. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, now you're speaking. It's like, um, because the thing is like, one of the reasons why I give up medicine is because you don't have freedom of speech. That's really, I mean, I agree hundred percent with that. You're only, you're told what you can and can't say by the, the business people, the higher ups and stuff, correct? The CEOs. Yeah. Just, you're only told that you could probably speak about X thing just because it'll actually be positive news and bring in more money, yeah. and whatever. And vaccination, back, back, vaccine means a weaker kind of strain of a virus or bacteria. That's a vaccine. Okay. It's it's like the most like simplest definition I can give you, but you have um, everything you need inside your own body, your own immune system um, to protect yourself against any disease. We already have uh, T helper cells, we have um, macrophages, we have uh, adaptive uh, T cells, we have B memory cells that we already have these kind of, we have granulocytes and monocytes as well. And we already have all these components in our body and it's like you don't need a vaccine to actually trigger them, you know? Yeah. It works in the same way with or without the vaccine. <laughs> The vaccine just supposed to speed stuff, but in this case, it just caused more damage than speaks, uh, speeds the process. Interesting. I mean, do you, what, do you, what is your thoughts on the flu shot? I mean, since it's an actual weaker version or a certain strain of the flu, right? Yeah, but like you can never actually cure yourself from flu. You will not, yeah. not be immune by flu. It's like getting a shot for the cold. It makes no sense. That makes 100%. That makes sense. Hmm. I've never been a flu shot person, but I did get one last year just because I was a little nervous with COVID and the flu coming around. That so, Well, maybe. like One of my biggest fears was if I got COVID, I was giving it to somebody. Like I feel like if I got it, my body could handle it. I feel like I'm pretty healthy. I don't smoke. I don't have any comorbidities that I would be able to fight it off pretty easily. But giving it to somebody else that was either, like we've been saying, sick or had comorbidities or you know, vitamin D deficient is one biggest thing that they get it and they suffered from it. I feel bad. So I didn't want to be that person. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. So like there was, um, I don't know if you have actually read uh, stuff from Dr. Robert Yoho, where he says um, he comes up with this dramatic title called Butchered by Healthcare. He just tells everything what's going on wrong in the pharmaceutical industry. And then what's his name again? Let me write it down. Butchered by healthcare. Butchered by healthcare. Okay, sorry, I'm gonna get you off there. Yeah, uh, by Dr. Robert Yoho. Okay. Um, and then there's this other book I wanted to tell you. It's um Pete, his name is Doctor, he's an MD as well. Uh, Peter uh Mercullo, I think that's his name. Like he is, he gives a full explanation of what's going on. Okay. Like everything, uh, like all the details as such. Um, 
So I really keep up with him. He's also an MD and he's actually fighting against the vaccine. Interesting. So let me just check the full name here, but... Uh, Yeah, it's uh, Peter M C and C U L L O U G H. U G H. Okay. That's who it is. All right. Well, I like to, you know, I'm interested in this stuff right now, and I like to try to at least, when I'm speaking about it, have good talking points and like know the know both ends of it. You know, yeah. And that way, you know, like, and like I said, you give people the freedom of their own choice to take it or not. It's like, it's on you, so. Yeah, and uh, there was another guy who wrote a book based on all of his findings, Dr. Peter McCullough. Okay. I don't know what that book is. Uh, I can send it to you through email because I have it. That'll work. Yeah, the name of the book, yeah. Gotcha. Well, I was hoping to end this podcast on a good note just because we're running short on time here, but no. Um, but yeah, I guess just give people the freedom, look up stuff, don't be, you know, do your own research. So, but if they want to find you in your podcast or anything, how do they do that? So uh, you can find me from www.teoact.net, all simple letters, no spaces. So Teoact is T-A-O-A-C. Okay. And my podcast is like, you can listen it, listen to it in on any device. It's Teo Podcast, colon, the Pandemic Press. I also have a book that is released. You can get it on Amazon or Barnes & Nobles. It's called Unveiling the Truth Behind Catherine's Destiny. Great. Uh, any social media? Do you do all that stuff? Or? Yes. You want to give it out or no? It's up to you. Yeah, it's uh, everything is out there. So it's okay. like you can get it. You can get uh, the ebook is available because I like uh, during the pandemic, I was trying to get uh, the physical book out there, but it wasn't possible because uh, the people working with me <laughs> took to our time to actually release it. And it was like getting irritated. I was getting a bit irritated because like I wanted it to be perfect <laughs> yeah i understand that yeah i understand that but okay well thank you for doing this with me this was appreciate you conversating with me i enjoyed it um no problem thank you for having me no problem at all and so all right people be good to yourselves and all that good stuff and we're out of here Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 